0: Welcome to Call The Binge Wife. Have you experienced an episode of your life where you find it hard to decide? We all go through seasons where it just seems we cannot find what we're looking for, eventually spiralling out of control while doomscrolling a menu with far too many options. That's when you need Call The Binge Wife. Ruth and Roger have emptied their bladders, grabbed their favourite snacks and spent countless hours watching TV to help you figure out what to skip And what to binge. So sit back, relax, and call the binge wife. Now, here are your hosts,
1: Ruth and Roger. Thanks, Andrew. Welcome to Call the Binge Wife. My name is Roger, and this podcast is where my partner, Ruth, and I share our reviews of the TV shows we binge watched together. Ruth, what are we reviewing this episode?
0: Hi, everyone. We are reviewing the Netflix limited series from Shonda Rhimes, Queen Charlotte.
1: Yeah, Ruth, tell us about this show.
0: Okay, Queen Charlotte is a prequel spin-off of Bridgerton and tells the story of how the queen, well, becomes the queen. It shows how Charlotte met the king. Um, well, it was arranged, of course. She was from Germany. They, they didn't just meet on the street. And it talks about their love story and her struggles with being a new monarch and finding her voice and place. The story goes back and forth between the past and present with the present Queen Charlotte focused on whether or not her children can or will be able to continue the family line. The series also follows the relationship between King, the king and queen's respective right-hand men, Reynolds and Brimsley, and the surprisingly close ties between Lady Danbury and Violet Bridgerton, which places a bit of strain on their friendship.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a prequel, but not at the same time, right? It's Right. It, it tells the story of how Queen Charlotte became the queen, but it also deals with some of the current Bridgerton storylines that we've seen in the first two seasons of that show.
0: Which I love. I <laughs> love mixing those two together. So, Roger, give us some of Queen Charlotte's details.
1: Yeah, it's, the show is called Queen Charlotte. It's since... It's one season. It's it's you know it's its own standalone limited series. So this will be it. The drop date was May two thousand twenty three. It's rated TV MA. Not quite as racy as the first season of Bridgerton. I don't think they definitely still swear. There's definitely still some sex scenes and stuff, but it's it's not quite as not uh, quite.
0: As graphic. I was just shocked at first. Oh no, no, it's not okay, as kind
1: of first season. Yeah, yeah, first season Bridgerton was pretty graphic. Yeah, uh, where to watch is netflix it had six episodes which is i thought was nice it didn't go really long um so i thought that was good the genre is drama mm-hmm. and romance production staff of note as uh, said earlier shonda rhimes was the executive producer and the writer Woo-hoo. and the cast of note is india amurata fellow who plays the i'm probably butchering that the young mm-hmm. queen charlotte golder Rochello. Which plays the older Queen Charlotte. Adoja Andu is uh, Lady Danbury, the older Lady Danbury. The Rotten Tomato scores. The critics gave it a ninety-four, pretty high, uh, yeah, definitely fresh. That's very high. Viewers, which just shocked me a little bit, was a little, little lower at seventy-two percent. Um, I thought that was a little weak. I don't know what people were expecting, but I, I yeah. absolutely think it was the best out of all three. Of the bridgerton runs at this point um no mm-hmm. awards to date a lot to see so ruth why did we watch the show together
0: well it was a given i think after watching bridgerton and i love queen charlotte's character
1: yeah for it's sure
0: it's interesting it was like okay well let's see this is it just seems like seemed like sure something we would watch
1: yeah, I enjoyed the first two seasons of Bridgerton. I was excited to see what they would do with this spin-off of of one of the most iconic characters in the series. Yeah. Um and I hope they do more of this. Um but it's definitely a departure a little bit from the Bridgerton formula and the Bridgerton books. This is this is something Shauna Rhimes wrote on her own and not something that was already in existence. So I thought that That's was a, right. would be interesting yeah. as well to see how she treated You know, we saw how she treated the books in the first two seasons of the Bridgerton show. And I I was interested to see, okay, if you don't have that source material, (laughs) what's this going to be like? Yeah. And yeah.
0: Interesting. Definitely intriguing. That part of it. Now, this is the part of the podcast where Roger and I share three positives and one negative about each show we have binged. Roger, you get to go first. What's your first positive?
1: Yeah, my first positive is the Easter egg music from the Bridgerton series is back in full effect. (laughs) (laughs) um, So if you don't know, if you haven't watched the original Bridgerton series, uh, they take contemporary music and make it Baroque style, Mm -hmm. Um, not baroque style, but Baroque style. And I, I -hmm. love that kind of music. And so to have modern music put into that and, um, used very well as an effect for the show. I think they used uh three Beyonce songs, um, a SZA song and a Whitney Houston song, and you know, I and it's fun for me and because,
0: Alicia Keys. Uh, right? yeah, an Alicia yeah,
1: Keys song. And so, I like sitting there waiting for the music to come on so that you yeah. kind of <laughs> guess, you know, what song it really is because What's- they really do a good job of you know, mixing the compositions of the song into that baroque style and so i just that's fun for me that's mm -hmm. fun
0: it, it, it's like what song is this and it's not like music it's it's really good right you know, yeah it's, it's like real it baroque just, <laughs> right <laughs> it's, it's,
1: it's really you just baroque turn
0: it into like cheesy
1: yeah no yeah. it's very well done very very mm-hmm. well scored and it's just I, again i think it's just super fun to sit back and you know once the music starts playing okay what song is this what song is this you know yes uh, there's definitely a certain style of contemporary music they used in the, in queen charlotte they definitely used a lot of different you know, I think there was a Modest Mouse song and, you know, a whole bunch of different kind of modern music in the Bridgerton series. yeah, that's true. It's kind of stuck to, you know, soulful ballads that they changed. Mm -hmm. So it was fun. What about you? What was your first positive,
0: So I'm going to dive in here and talk about the storyline. I really liked how it went into the king and queen's arranged marriage and the ramifications it had for the English society. So it's a mix of fantasy and reality where racism exists or existed more strongly in the past in their world. They often refer to the other side, our side or the other side, which meant non-white aristocrats. And they called it the Great Experiment at that time. So they gave titles to non-white aristocrats and looked at titles for widows of the non-white aristocrats as well. And so I was thinking, wow, that's that's so interesting if only the Great Experiment really mm-hmm. happened in real life. And then alas, looking at the real history of the reign of King George III, that was during the height of britain's mid-atlantic slave trade so that doesn't come into play but i i do really i like them going into racism a bit more in queen charlotte they didn't it didn't come up in the other bridget bridgerton series so far at least overtly or talk about it did you think i mean it's There, right? But there was the microaggressions or more over the things, it's not even microaggressions, it's overt, like examining her teeth and her skin. I mean, maybe they would do that for any potential bride for the king, but it was almost it was just different. And then their painting of the king and queen, one of the paintings, they painted her with whiter skin, and she mentioned that or it was mentioned
1: yeah i definitely think that they did a good job of trying to explain how they got to the bridgerton series right i mean to me that's what this is it's kind of like it's it's okay you know to have interracial marriages um in the bridgerton series but it's you know but where does that come from how did they get to that point where you know the the most sought-after suitor male suitor is is african-american and you know falls in love and you know, hooks up with a white woman, and how, yeah. and it's no big deal. How do you get to the point where, in the second season of Bridgerton, where it's a white aristocrat who's you know fallen in love with uh, you know an Indian yes. woman who you know is you know well off or not well off? Right. I don't know if you watch the series, but it it definitely um, the, this kind it, of explains the caste
0: system a yeah, little bit. Yeah. yeah,
1: almost definitely, and I mm-hmm. think. That this, this is a good job of explaining how they got to that point of being able to not have those things be the focal point. I I think there is a little bit of difference between it being the King and Queen. Um, There's probably a little bit more emphasis put on it or, or concern that some of the people have in the court about it and this great experience. But definitely when you get, you know, when you get to the Bridgerton series, these are just, you know, high end society folks. So it's not quite as, um pivotal or important maybe as it would be the king and queen but it's yeah. definitely not the things that we saw in Queen Charlotte weren't apparent in the original two seasons of Bridget
0: so do you think that the great experiment had started well before the king and queen their arranged marriage or they knew I was just wondering I don't that. think so because, they, you they don't... Started. Yeah, yeah, because you don't, you don't
1: see don't You don't see that kind of mixture in the court, right? In in Bridgerton, you don't you see a lot of different folks, a lot of people attracted to different folks. And it seems like it's more normal, normalized than in the Mm Queen Charlotte, where you definitely, you know, even it was separate. Separate. Yeah. 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 And even the couples were. mm -hmm. And even when they you know, they recognized that they had to invite you know, if, if she was going to be queen, they had to invite people from the, the other side, side,
0: right? To come to
1: the wedding, to you know. They and suddenly noticed, started
0: Yeah, it was just like, right? Oh my gosh,
1: we got to do this. So I don't necessarily know if this great experiment, as they described it, was going on before this marriage, um, which makes even more powerful Queen Charlotte's position in the Bridgerton series yes. of maintaining that great experiment and and yes. making mm-hmm. sure that. It keeps going. So I I liked that part of it.
0: Yes. Roger, what's your second positive?
1: Yeah. Out of all three seasons of the Shonda Rhimes, Shondaland, Bridgerton experience that we've (laughs) had, this is absolutely, I think, the best love story between George and Charlotte that has been so far. I mean, the other ones were good and had their own kind of um, emotional pull I think but uh, mm-hmm. this one I think is absolutely the best that's been you know that people other people have shared with me that they feel the same way which is why I thought that the you know viewer score from Rotten Tomatoes was pretty low considering that I've heard a lot of people say this is the best this is the best love story and it it's just um, for being an arranged marriage Yes it is absolutely you know they they did a stellar job with it, and I just I can't speak highly enough about the the actual love story behind this and how the two of them fought for each other, even inside the context of this arranged marriage, not necessarily as the king and the queen but just as two people in love and For me, I think we saw a little bit of that relationship at the end of the second series of Bridgerton. But didn't really yes. fully comprehend it. Like I think you still in the second season of Bridgerton, you feel like Charlotte's kind of mean to George. But, like, but this there's really,
0: obviously love there.
1: But but you definitely see the roots of where that love comes from and and why it's so important to the two of them. So I I was just enthralled with the love story.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised that the viewer score scores aren't higher because I agree. But and then I was thinking. Maybe some of the other love stories are, quote unquote, easier. (laughs) I don't know. Just something to think about. But yes. Yeah. I I mean,
1: I guess if you're a romantic, I understand that, right? That you want the things to be just kind of easy and simple and all that. But most relationships are not. Most relationships are difficult. And it, it does take time to grow them and to fall in love with somebody to the point where you'll sacrifice almost anything for them. So I thought it was... I think it was most appealing. How about mm-hmm. you? What, what's your second?
0: Mine is the same. Their love story, George and Charlotte's love story. It's very powerful and bittersweet. It's that like that's the angst um, part, and it helps that the actors are really they have great chemistry and as i we've discussed um george the young george is very handsome too and i think charlotte, and they just have this chemistry on screen it's like wow it explains why charlotte mostly rules on her own for much of her life mm-hmm. but it just makes sense and then it's just so lovely without giving it away some of the places they meet or connect throughout their lives and just the the way that they see They find a way to connect and can understand each other and support each other. Yeah, that part is really beautiful. And it's what you want, right, in a relationship. What I want is someone to see me and really know when I need help, which I think you do a good job.
1: Yeah, is this episode going to become couples therapy or...
0: Couples therapy, yes. (laughs) And when I need to do something on my own and that whole, they just got it, right? They got that. I love Charlotte's character in general, like her withering glare and her wigs, like in Bridgerton (laughs) here. And I love the young Charlotte's character and actor too. A great match Um, between the two of them, I think as well. That was really fun to watch. So India and Golda, sorry, George, I don't remember the actor's name for George, but he's a cutie. When I say for a young gentleman, he's really cute.
1: (laughs) For a whippersnapper.
0: Whippersnapper. How about you, Roger? What's your third positive?
1: Yeah, I thought they did a decent job of bringing in the, the actual historical elements without necessarily going overboard. We all know that the Bridgerton story is... Fictitious, you know, it's not—it's not meant to be historical fiction um, in, in any kind of real historical context, and so I thought they did a good job of not letting themselves get mired in trying to make it historically accurate. Um, I thought that they did a really good job of keeping the Bridgerton vibe about it without having to go real in depth with the actual historical stuff, and I don't mind that. We know some people that don't like Bridgerton because it's not historically accurate, right? There, there wouldn't be African Americans, you know, in the court and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff, or being queen, and that stuff doesn't bother me. But, but I think there's enough of. Queen Charlotte's historical stuff in there that it easily moves into the the fantasy and the fiction. And, and I like that part.
0: Yes, like, why well, I've seen enough white people <laughs> being, like, at, that's why I like the idea of the great experience. What, why <laughs> I wish it was that way, right? That's beautiful. Just naturally, like, if it just naturally was that way without even having to have a quote-unquote great experience. Experiment, but also I didn't. I looked it up. I didn't know Queen Charlotte. There's some speculation mm-hmm. whether or not she is from the Portuguese side, which could have some black elements. There's there's a lot of discussion around that.
1: Well, um, they didn't. They didn't have 23andMe back then, so uh, I'm <laughs> sure if they did, they, <laughs> right, they so would find that the the bloodline,
0: the bloodline, yeah, might
1: not as pure as they think it is. But that's okay.
0: That's <laughs> actually the case, right? Yeah, yeah, for all of us. Hmm.
1: So what was your third, Ruth?
0: So I really liked how they did. My third one is how I think Shonda's writing and the storyline. They did a great job of integrating all the B and C stories together, like what all the other stories going on, as well as going back and forth between the past and future. It was just really well done and very um, solid and congruent. And it just, it was fit for a queen uh, <laughs> did you like that yeah it just was a really well done
1: yeah i think telling non-linear stories is very popular these days of time jumping back and forth and doing all yes. that and and i was glad that they stuck to two different time frames <laughs> instead of like yes four oh, or five or whatever that's you know, true. Th- there was definitely two set time frames and so you, you knew when they were jumping back and forth i mean it helps with the end. The age so yeah, that that's between true. the actors playing the same characters but definitely you know not having four or five different timelines that they're trying to jump between uh i thought they did a good job
0: that helps i think that i have said in other reviews of of things we've like it was too confusing or what's mm-hmm. going on or that the way they did it just didn't work well but i thought this that's true there were two two time frames so that helped a mm-hmm. lot as well but Because then there are the other stories going on, too. So maybe it could have gotten just too much with everything. Okay, so now we move into the negative. Mm. What is your one negative?
1: Yeah, this one was hard for me. Not that I don't have negatives about the show. but So the character of Lady Danbury's story was not kept separate from Charlotte's. If they're going to do more of these spinoffs. That would have been one that I would have liked to have seen, uh, would be to see Lady Danbury's story
0: uh, on her
1: own. She's one of my favorite characters from the Bridgerton series, one of the older characters from the Bridgerton series. She's one of my favorites. And so it was hard for me to see them integrate her story so much into Charlotte's. Now, I understand why. I understand you can't tell. Charlotte's story without Lady Danbury's and vice versa. But I would have loved for them to hold back some so that they could have done a Lady Danbury spinoff. I would mm-hmm. have liked to have seen that. I also know that, you know, it's Netflix. So you never know if you're going to get, you know, re upped for, for right next season or do another story. So, you know, some of it probably was Shonda's, hey, let's get this story out there. If we can never get it told, this might be the chance. But I do think that Charlotte and, and Lady Danbury's stories are so interconnected. And you, if people that watch it will see this. I think they were. It shows in the Bridgerton seasons as well that they have this relationship. And so it was nice to see that, where that relationship came from. But they definitely delved into yes. a little bit more of Lady Danbury's story, her backstory, than maybe what I would have liked just so that they could do a spinoff for her. I'm not sure if they can do that now. And so that was a little frustrating uh, to me that, yeah, I would have loved the Lady Danbury limited series.
0: Yes. Okay. Can you tell that we talk? Cause that's mine too. Sorry. I
1: couldn't. <laughs> so your negative is uh, roughly the same.
0: Yes. I was thinking of anything else. I just loved it so much. That was the only thing. Maybe, yeah, the, maybe they still could mm-hmm. do a Lady Danbury but going into the future or maybe hers will also be intertwined if they do other kind of offshoots but you're right it fit really well within Charlotte's story I cannot think of other negatives at this time I just thought it was really well done it might be a cop-out but that's what you get that's my opinion (laughs) there you go (laughs) okay Roger so here we go what's your recommendation for Queen Charlotte skip it or binge it
1: Uh, I say binge it it's it's an easy binge for me, especially being like six episodes. It's not super huge and super long and drawn out. Um, it's very succinct, which I think is great. For watching tv especially if you're binging i would suggest keeping it for a two-night valentine's day binge i think that would be an awesome (laughs) thing to do with your partner your loved one um so it it is a great love story and i think that no matter who you are you can find some of some of yourself in those relationships between charlotte and george and so i I say binge it
0: oh that's sweet
1: (laughs) what about you skip it or binge it ruth
0: I say definitely binge it. And that's really sweet what you said. I think that's, yeah, everyone can see themselves. But That was like a really nugget, pearl, that, pearl nugget that you just <laughs> shared. Like everyone can see a little bit of themselves in George and Charlotte's relationship. And I think that's true or hopefully true. I think so. I can see it in ours, I should say. So should we watch it again next Valentine's Day? together you're gonna only do that i don't know or maybe we'll have another sweet love story to binge there you go then too
1: so there you have it our review of netflix queen charlotte this is our fifth season of the call the binge wife what other shows are we reviewing this season ruth
0: we are reviewing the marvelous mrs maisel season five the final season
1: the final season
0: yes the diplomat season one Firefly Lane Season 2, and what could be the final season of Ted Lasso Season 3, Say It Isn't So.
1: Yeah, that's it's kind of interesting because most of these shows will not have, (laughs) the season that we're covering, will not have another season.
0: I know, except for The Diplomat.
1: Yeah, The Diplomat's probably the only one. So all these episodes of Call the Binge Wife are currently available to binge on um, whatever podcast streamer you're using. Ruth, how can people connect with us?
0: So you can email us at callthebingewife at gmail.com. Join our Facebook group or connect with us on Instagram at call underscore the underscore binge wife, and reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. And love your comments and thoughts about the shows that you end up binging or skipping.
1: Yeah, and we would love to hear suggestions of things to yeah. watch, especially as the writers' strike uh, continues on. Hopefully, that'll end soon, and we won't get a disruption in new TV. So we might be looking That's for true. some. We might be looking for some older shows to <laughs> to watch together. <laughs> if it continues, yes, so we're excited you joined us for this episode. And remember, when you don't know what to watch next. Call the binge call
0: the binge way. way.
1: Yeah, not even close.
0: Really? Even close. I just not hear you. I, yeah, think, I think it's so.
1: the I think it's the delay of Zoom. I think that's our problem. Maybe if we did Riverside.